0: It's a dark night, dark night. it's a dark night. What is up, you savages? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Tom. And this is work you can find over at Junkie as well as OddsCheckerUS.com. But on this here program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA. That's what we're going to do here today and tonight, whenever you're listening to this. Hopefully, it's worth the fight. According to this in the wee hours of the night, one Friday for Vegas, UFC Vegas 38, uh, UFC, is the fight tonight's 193? Uh, um, UFC, Santos versus Walker. Um, whatever you want to call it. That's what it's going to be. Um, going to try to keep this quick. A bit delirious. It's late. Another long week. All that good stuff, um, but, uh, had, uh, happy to be talking to you guys, as always. It means, uh, you know, uh, we're all on the right side of the ground, right? Um, yeah, uh, thanks for everybody for listening to the recap show, so it'll be even shorter. we will have to, re- won't have to recap UFC 267. Um, I provided a, a quite thorough one, and although I was a bit thorough, Lebowski, it, 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 it apparently, you know, apparently was needed, uh, you know, cause, uh, it was, uh, you know, eh, not a lot of the points of the uh, the old uh, the old head traumas and fighter structures and stuff like that being uh, being talked about in the recaps, except for shouts here incoming. Uh, of course, well, a little biased because I was a part of this episode, but no, uh, Southpaw podcast uh, with uh, Sam Yang and Jason Sargis was just awesome. Uh, obviously. Uh, it, appreciate both those dudes and and really enjoy their voices um and uh and yeah so it was cool to join them and we kind of got to break down a little more further you know the 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 problems of having you know um corner people you know who are running your instagram account you know uh also in your corner you know like that um and and things like that of nature so uh appreciate those, those those guys always uh keeping it real um, so it was always good to talk to them, and uh, just great uh, shows and, and stuff in general. Go subscribe to the uh, Southpaw uh, feed, of course. Uh, one of my fast-rising favorites, Pride Never Die, uh, amongst others. Um, speaking of, uh, you know, uh, very fruitful uh, podcast feeds, uh, the Fight Sight Pod, uh, Shriram and Ed, um, of course, uh, they're always great about talking about things like that. Um, uh I know I had talked about it before, and I can't remember what it was. But Shrum had some really, really good examples uh, uh, that I appreciated, and as well as cited as well. So I always appreciate those uh, dudes and, and the rest of the dudes over there for doing the lads' work, um, as that will be extended uh, to a uh, show. I, I reshared that uh, Tangra Dome about. Um, uh, you know a lot of the language we use as far as uh you know the, p- the poverty porn I believe he coined it you know uh, you know uh, the stereotypes from Russians to uh favelas and all that and all that fun stuff right um, that people almost speak of like as martial arts basis and he he puts a really good perspective on that it's justice in that podcast and his more recent one uh, I believe he had the uh, return of Kyle McLaughlin It was been more active which is great to see uh i know he uh you know took time to step away uh was in, in, into more film which I, I appreciate and would love to just you know, every day tempted to run away uh from this space and just like catch up on film and do all the stuff i want to do and um i'm really going to try to be taking take a step back in more ways than one even though i love um you know guesting and, and talking and sharing and uh it's just uh you know, there's there's a lot, so I, I get when people have to do that. That being said, selfishly, I do like when they come back for appearances. But you know, especially the the real knowledgeable uh, knowledgeable peeps out there like Kyle. Um, and uh, if anybody saw that uh, correspondent, if you will, on Twitter, uh, hopefully I'll have him on a future episode once I get back to doing top five episodes. Another reason why I need to step step away and really just focus back on my stuff is it's really just tough with um, you know. Contender Series in full effect, I'm always kind of just running dry during these times. It's real tough. So um, it'll have to be non-Contender Series time. And, uh, you know, again, I think I'm going to take a couple weeks. Maybe we'll see about that. Talk to some bosses and schmosses. See what's happening. But uh, I promise you guys we're going to get some top fives. And was maybe some of these fine people that I, I, I shout out on, on uh, the week-to-week basis, uh, eventually get finally getting them in here. Which would be nice, so, um, yeah, alright, that'll conclude the shouts, but, uh, but yeah, man, um, again, I wasn't trying to harp or be negative, by the way, like, I had a perfect week last week, you know, uh, as far as the betting goes and whatnot, uh, it was a great card, like, I'm not trying to, you know, poo-poo on the parade and tell you not to enjoy things, but, um, you know, it's a disservice to, uh, it, in many ways if we don't at least acknowledge what we're seeing. Uh, it's a tough thing too, but but, but I, I do feel it's a you know it's important to acknowledge these real uh prices that are being paid for our entertainment. Yeah, that's all. Uh all right. Uh speaking of prices being paid for our entertainment <laughs> Uh well before UFC Vegas thirty eight, Bellator two sixty seven going down real early. It might even be going down uh as or after some of you are listening to this cause it it'll be going down uh Midday uh, U.S. North American time from the Central Pacific to Eastern time frames. Um, but yeah, I just broke down the top fight, of course, which was Lima versus Page 2. Um, especially with this one being a three-rounder. I really think now we do get the more, which I know I'm about to say a five-round fight, but I, we do get the more my original prediction of uh, it's going to look like Lyoto um, Shogun 1. Uh, the one without the finish. So I picked Lima by decision. And uh, he opened as like a minus 150 to 180 uh, favorite, I believe, which is fair. And he's been bet all the way now to an underdog. I know England traditionally backs their boys at the window. My goodness. Um, you know, I know Lima's the veteran here, but he's technically the younger fighter. He's the younger fighter who won the first fight, who's more experienced, who's 3-0 and undefeated in rematches. Um, and essentially, I just think that page even with his improved stance that he showed and mechanics and guard that he showed glimpses of in the Ross Houston fight. Um, All of his approaches from either stance are naturally heavy on the front foot because he naturally is linear leaping in and out Um, and that's just going to be money for the leg kicks that Lima already called were going to be affected before they in fact facilitated uh, the win the first time around so you know, again, Page come out here and tag him. He tagged him in the beginning of the second round. You know, Lima wins the first round. Page tags him in the beginning of the second, gets overly excited, and gets honey trapped. Um, into the leg kicks. Uh, Lima's check hook also going to be worth watching for. Um, but I actually think it could be a really tentative and boring fight with what happened last time. Um, you know, uh, Page, for better or worse, fights different. I mean, even in, you know, even fights, you know, not as well, you could say, even when winning against bigger competition, if you look at, like, the daily fight or whatnot. Um, and whereas, you know, if you bring a staring contest to Lima, he will oblige. So I actually wouldn't even be surprised if it's a bit tentative, especially at first. Uh, pick Lima by decision. The only reason why I I that tweet, and I usually don't do those scripted tweets like this. Um, like, is he gonna bet it? Isn't he? Uh, to be honest, full disclosure, I have not, and we'll get to it. Uh, part of the reason is, it's like, I, I, I just, you know, again, I just kind of got the breakdown, went ahead, and then and the line got bet to what it was. But um, I went kind of heavy on UFC. I like the way I structured. We'll see, we'll see how much I like it. You know, come Sunday, right? That's the ultimate test of how much you like something. Um, but uh, as you guys know, I'm playing. I've been playing disciplined and. And uh, keeping things small, and I feel like this uh, this is still pretty well thought out and what I got. But I, I am playing more than what I normally do. So, uh, in that sense, I may I do gotta do my calculations as far as what I like to expose myself to. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm not wearing a trench coat. You you get what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> what I like to expose myself on the weekends. Well, it's just I can't even, God, I can't even make those jokes anymore. Yes. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> stay on target. Stay on target. Um, We'll get to those. I I made a a decent amount of plays is what I guess I was trying to say. Jesus fucking Christ, Dan. All right. Well, that was (laughs) the Bellator lead in. Um, Yeah. Uh, Let's go to, uh, you know, uh, the breakdown notes for UFC Vegas 38 as I uh, jot the time here. Uh, 10-ish, I guess. Yeah, meet made a All right. Uh, We're going to go from top to bottom as per usual. Uh, As I should have said in the beginning, check the timestamps. As usual, I will always timestamp this, whether it's on the uh, YouTube audio version. Thanks for the likes and subscribes, Daniel, Tom, MMA. Subsequent, I'm hesitant to even plug that. Uh, But yes, you can find audio versions there as well as Apple Podcasts, the five star ratings and reviews. Help me go from 12 listeners to 13. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's not that bad, but, you know. Uh, but, yeah, you can find me there. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I'll also have them timestamped in the show notes. You can go to the end uh, where I'll recap my picks and plays if you're really in a rush or just don't want to hear me, which I don't really blame you. Uh, but uh, for either. Um, and uh, with, especially with the time I get these out on Jesus Christ. Uh, so you can all skip to the very end. Otherwise, skip to when these start. And, again, same order top to bottom, Tiago Santos, minus 158, Johnny Walker, plus 134, um, yeah, I took, a breakdown is not out at the time that I'm recording this, because I submitted it yesterday, so it'll probably come out, like, I'm guessing probably right after the weigh-ins, which, which is good, um, and I, I've been fucking late on these, so it's on me, uh, just because it's, you know, having a... Split my focus doesn't work. Uh, doesn't work great for me. Um, oh, my eyes are starting to go. It's gonna be real expedited, folks. I ended up picking Tiago Santos, um, and by knockout. And if not the first round, the beginning of the second, he's gonna. I think that's gonna be a firefight, and he's gonna get the better of it. He's definitely gonna hurt Walker in the first, if not finish him in the first, and that'll probably lead to a finish in the second. Um, even if these guys try to be tentative, I don't know how long they can do it. Before one of them ends up being the flint lighter to the other to, to the other's flame if you know what i if if you get know what i'm saying um the thing is that i feel like if thiago santos wasn't still working out of surgeries i feel like this is like you know just a lock i i would play it at this at this chalk which i was i'm still tempted to we'll see if i if I make a killing and then i'm i'm free rolling and um, I'll definitely play um, if not the money line if it's too high I'll definitely play the under or play the money line and hedge with the under 1.5 because again officially picking Santos to get it done under 1.5 and as we know um, By statistical trends to the way he fights uh, to uh, You know, I would hear the word glass cannon thrown around Tiago Santos But I really think Johnny Walker is the is the glass cannon here. Uh, I don't think he can last more than around and a half I know he has before but not in this type of fight um, Santos has shown to wrestle more since going to American Top Team more competently, which is great, but not to any kind of meaningful point to like where uh, he's gonna go. Like uh, I hate to even use this word now because it's like one of those things we, we use and you know, uh, for lack of better word, apologies. To anyone schizophrenic with it, you make schizo like uh, you know uh, Al Capone, uh, uh, Krylov, and just like start going heavy takedowns. I didn't know Krylov actually started. Kind of slowly trending that way, I guess too. Uh, But the point being is the way Santos trended, thankfully before the knee injury, was um, going more toward a boxing-centric outside countering um, countering game. Uh, Now I'm just thinking about like Jesus, Dan, you're doing the thing you didn't like to do. Delirious, Dan, Tom, no no drinks all week, nothing. Uh, Just really tired. but yeah, he's been, Santos has been going more toward like a countering game on the outside. Uh, we saw that in the Bokovic fight where he got his knocked down. We saw that in the Jones fight, uh, even prior to when his knees got messed up in the early going. And uh, he's been able to consistently sting people. Even in that really bad fight where he only threw like one kick against Clever Teixeira, um, was check hooks in the first. And even after being dominated and beat up, coming back from injury, all the insecurities, at the worst of it, you know, uh, he still fought any longer than he had any business to and was still able to hurt and almost come back and win against Glover in that third round with, again, the check hook has been something that's been a bit of a kryptonite for Walker who keeps his head up on a pole like a, and it's like a target, like a goddamn tether ball, because he's so free-flowing with a low guard. Um, even though he's super tall, I mean, he's been hit by stuff like uppercuts, like even in his, uh, I think, yeah, Krilov hit him with an uppercut, but he's been hit mainly with hooks. And uh, uppercuts and hooks, of course, are Santos' best strikes. I um, feel like the check hook's going to be super live. And, and Santos, uh, if his kicking is back, I think he's just going to abuse Walker's legs and body because no one really has. And those targets are most there on him for obvious reasons and stylistic ones. Um, and if you look at it, you know, outside of Reikic, who's a really, you know, good fighter who fought very conservative and is if looks like a heavyweight whereas Santos looked like a former middleweight in that fight and catching Santos um again still in his injury recovery period um aside from him which by the way he actually as I had an argument for winning that fight and did much better than the commentators were leading on he was actually checking kicks throughout and countering kicks and getting the better kicking exchanges uh which I believe is why help me Alexander Rakic so tentative but that sample aside He's really eaten up tall guys with kicks. I mean, even with like blown out knees, he uh, out kicked and arguably, you know, uh, could have, should have won according to the damage criteria, um, you know, uh, with the John Jones, right? Um, you know, I, I know it's going to really piss off a lot of John Jones fanboys, which, by the way, um, keep hanging on to that. <laughs> keep hanging on to your goat, uh, who is just, you know, a POS. Uh, sorry. I. Uh, I've been, people that know me, I said, I know, like, I've known I've made these predictions for literally a decade. Literally a decade, I've been calling this stuff on John Jones, by the way. And I hate to be right because it was actually worse than what I said. So, um, but yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, t- t- tough luck, any Jones fanboys out there. You should be thinking about his fucking victims, his children and his wife who were in terror and the trauma that did to him. You know, someone comes from a house of trauma. Uh, yeah. Shit's not fucking cool, so fucking suck it. Uh, anyways, um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, um, yeah. Anthony uh, Anthony Smith, another tall guy. He ate up with kicks. Um, I like Anthony Smith. Just saying, you know. Uh, he's faced a lot of tall guys before, and 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 done fine with the, uh, you know, as far as the leg and body targets go. Um, so I think there's gonna be that. Um. He's the higher ranking, uh, better grappler on paper as well as what I see, the eye test as well. Um, and Johnny Walker says he's taking it seriously, but you know, you know, so did the aforementioned John Jones, right? Not trying to compare those two, uh, but hey, Johnny Walker is with SBG. Yeah, we'll see what they can do. Um, not trying to shit, but you know, for going my track records, I'm not. Not too confident in any major changes, uh, even though it will be a second camp to 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 their credit with him. So we'll see that you know the, they should be showing something with this. So I'll be curious to see what it is. Johnny Walker's twenty-eight. He's at the age where jumps can be made. You know, so this is a chance for both Sbg and Johnny Walker to really put themselves uh, in some positive spotlight, prove the things that they've been saying, and uh, you know we'll see. But I'm gonna go with Thiago Santos. I think the under is a good hedge option, no matter what side you like here. Um, I don't blame anybody for passing. It's Because, vol- you know, it's also very volatile on paper. Uh, but I do believe that, again, Santos has shown improvements more than he was given credit for in that rackage fight to the Sheriff Ch- fight. And, um, you know, I don't think he'll ever be exactly the same. Maybe not with his spin kicks, like we saw at the end of the, the, the rackage fight. That looked sketchy. But the good news is he shouldn't need any of that stuff here. So... Santos by knockout round one. Um, Kevin Holland, minus 154. Kyle Docus plus 130. Uh, yeah, man. Um, I I, uh, I picked docus here. And it's going to be a caveat on the play here since it's the co-main. Uh, I'm going to wait to see how my other dog picks do, slash how my other plays do. If I'm doing good, I'm going to be sprinkling on docus because with the popularity of Holland to the placement on the card, um, the line and the plus money ain't going anywhere. So, um, <clears throat> uh, that being said, I get why people would be hesitant to pick, much less follow me off that cliff. Not telling you to. Especially when you look at it on paper, you look at who Holland's lost to, even like pre-career UFC. And you can make a pretty clear distinction. He has the more experience. Um... You know he is more uh, the more athletic of the two. Um, they both have been black belts roughly around the same time, so there's not much of an experience difference there. But obviously he's the more potent striker and finisher on the feet, right? So it's like what gives? However, it, it's 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 deceptive. It's also deceptive if you go look. Oh, he's six and two against Southpaws. Well, he was six and zero oh until Derek Brunson, who's been spoiling everybody, and he still rocked Derek Brunson. And then the other one was a last minute fight against Marvin Vittori, which was last minute and stylistically unfair, so how much do you want to count that against him? It's like, well, fair, but, you know, he also has had a lot of fights that, you know, uh, could have not gone his way, whether it was to southpaws like Gerald Mearshart or other fighters like uh, Darren Stewart or, if memory serves, even maybe um, Alessio Decherico. even though live I, I edged it for Holland, I believe. But I mean, there's arguments and uh, these. There's there's a lot of his fights that are, when you look at it, you go, "Hmm, you know, it it gets tricky." Uh, whereas Doc is not so much. Obviously, it's not like he has a deceptively better. You know, what what Jonathan Webb or you know, uh, you know Dustin Stolfus is his only UFC win. Um, it, it's tricky. They both lost to Brendan Allen. Obviously, not to do. I mean, math, but Brendan Allen did finish. Uh, did finish. um, Holland granted that fight was on short notice uh whereas um Dacus d- uh survived granted Dacus also fought on short notice and didn't get finished so there's that and if it's one of those fights where you know we'll get to it uh you know kind of like a we'll get to when we talk about m- m- uh, malarkey uh Zahim, or whatever uh sorry I can't pre- can't remember that fighter's name but it's one of those fights where one guy pretty much does the majority of work to win but loses certain big opportunistic moments and not necessarily with a drop per se but they just end up in a bad position taking shots at the end of the round or something like that and um there was a there was a lot of that with the docus and um i mean he gets dropped in the first minute first of all with a knee right he ducks right into a knee uh, but, you know, the rest of it was just, like, he actually fought his way back into the fight, but then we get cut with something, or then we get reversed and hit with something hard toward the end of a round. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I picked Allen. Uh, Allen was the favorite, and he deserves to be the favorite. I picked him. Uh, so, you know, not sour, not saying he should have gone the other way, just saying that it was deceptively closer than you'd realize. And look how good Brendan Allen is doing, Right. And that was kind of like a Spider-Man match, too. Even when I broke that down pre, it just I felt that, you know, uh, Brendan Allen was the more experienced and better fighter at that point of their careers of doing what they do. And that played out to be uh, somewhat true as he won the fight, right? So um, it, it's it's a style thing. And if you look at stylistically, the reason why I'm guessing the line was so close and was even opened it even, um, yeah, I'm sure a lot of reasons he biased Kevin Holland on a losing skid. But... If you look at fighters that have traditionally troubled them, these grindy fighters, grapply fighters like that, um, have traditionally troubled him. He hates it so much that he just kind of starts, starts the talking shit game going, you know, saying, I'm Hendrix Dan. Uh, you know, i I wrestling with Johnny Hendrix. uh They want to see what it's all about. And he had all his lines prepared, and it was, it was cute and all. But it's like, you got to show it, man. And I, I don't know if one camp's going to show it, especially when you're a deceptive veteran. Like, you know, and he is better wrestling than maybe he's giving credit or stereotype now for he fought really bad stylistic matchups of course but at the same time he just allows himself to get in these gritty grindy fights and um i don't think it's gonna be good against docus he baits a lot of back takes because he turtles a lot in these scrambles too which is another reason why i'm picking docus here and even though holland is good at um shucking people off the back when he can't shuck longer six three guys like brendan allen or potentially a six three kyle Dawkins, he a can be finished by rear naked chokes which is uh, half of all of Kyle Dawkins many submission wins are by. Whereas the other half, Kyle Dawkins real specialty is the front headlock. Now, again, turtling out can give you your back, but what it also gives, especially at the higher weight classes from middleweight to above to heavyweight, is it gives front headlock looks. And that's Dawkins's shit, too. So he's got opportunistic snatchups in that regard. Um, he's also uh, the better wrestler. Um, Holland does good work against the cage, but Dacus, this guy does his homework. He seems to know that and says he has an idea to take advantage of it, which makes sense. I didn't really realize it. I thought he was maybe more of just a strictly cage guy, but Dacus actually has multiple nice level changes. Now, even though he gets on the hips on some that he probably should have finished, and that could be an indictment on him, uh, he doesn't finish all of them, but the fact that he has such good timing, reactive shots in the open, countering, getting in on hips... That's a good sign. He puts the work in, and he's consistently put the work in. There's a bigger brother, so you know. We'll, you know, that's going to be tested here. Um, I, I just suspect that unless Holland can counter him in close, which you know we've seen Dacus, even though he's never been stopped or submitted, mind you. That said, we have seen him rocked, especially when he does get guys to get to the cage. It's like when he, when he's right within that closing range. It's like when he's most able to be hit. And we've seen Holland hit guys from that range. So that's going to be particularly dangerous. And if Holland knocks out uh, Docus then, you know, uh, I, none of us should really be that surprised. That being said, Docus again, hasn't been stopped or submitted. Uh, and his style is what's shown to be Holland's kryptonite, which is grappling. And where are they going to be grappling slash fighting in the smaller octagon? And you know how I feel about that. Southpaw, Southpaw Advantage, so on and so forth. Um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sold on a one camp with a former restaurant owner, Johnny Hendricks. No offense to the Baconator, uh, old school junkie radio named Big Rick Hendricks. You know, um, but um, but yeah, I, I I don't know if that's uh, if that's really gonna do it. Um, big theme this weekend, I guess, is I'm going against the hype, right? Uh, taking Santos over Walker. Taking Lima over Page. Um, taking Dawkins over Holland. And, uh, yeah, we'll roll on. Again, I will be playing uh, Kyle Dawkins if uh, my two-dog plays hit, regardless if the props hit. But uh, if I'm doing good overall, I'll probably still play him. Uh, or maybe he'll be a good chase. We'll see. But he is uh, locked in. And I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, all right, Um And win or lose will fight for your money, which is always my favorite thing to bet on a dog. Uh, Nico Price, not a dog. Minus 166 or 186. Looks like, wow, he's really getting inflated. Alex Oliveira, plus 154. They're really inflating uh, Alex Oliveira ever since he set up his own camp and uh, his own, uh, I don't know, if does he he still have his own, um, like, uh, what do you call, Waco, Texas place over in Brazil? He's just like feeling up, making armies, just... Don't Yo, get you pregnant. Like the, uh, what do you call? Uh, <laughs> Tracy Morgan of Brazil over there. Um, I don't know. I'm Seriously, hopefully he's keeping up with those child support payments. But that's probably a big reason, all jokes aside, of why Oliveira's up in here. Um, so he definitely needs a win, but so does Nico Price. I think Nico Price needs it a bit more. Um, Nico Price is just you know focus on the game uh he might not be getting the results but you know he's gonna be uh, you know someone that goes out there and kind of fights for your money uh so to speak um and uh so i i picked him here um i haven't liked what i've been seeing from Oliveira. he's been uh more faster to get out of there early than he is to get his comebacks like the uh Days of the Piotr Hallman or uh, Ryan Laflair, like we're seeing a lot less of those random comebacks where he's losing the whole time. Which again, hard to count on that. Also, not like that was easy. Not like that version of Cowboy was any easier to count on. Um, so, totally get why the trending is toward Price, but with this kind of a matchup, uh, at a certain point, it's hard to play play uh, play chalk in in, in the volatility uh, playing field, right? Uh, at a certain price and at a certain point uh so that's what you're kind of facing here that being said um took a couple stabs maybe a d love stab shout out to derek love that's right little round three and a little bit of round two where i really think it gets done um for price now both guys have a history of finishing guys and the propensity of being surprise finished early um but mainly uh round two seems to be the money round for uh nico for finishes and uh Oliveira for getting finished at this more at the more higher level matchups I should say, right? Not like the early first round finishes that everybody has in their career. Talking about the more uh measurable sample sizes, that's what I was coming up with. And round 3, of course, still a lot especially if either of these guys are still standing by round 3 with how their, you know, styles at least how I presume fit on paper. So what I did here is I sprinkled on round 2 Um, at, what was it? Shaisa. Uh, let me see here. I sprinkled, uh, Um, round two, uh, 525 at 0.33 units. And then round three, 850 at 0.17 unit. Um, the random small unit size pretty much makes it so... Um, if one of those hit, it covers the other round bet, as well as one unit, which means one bet, ideally. So, that's it, just for, that's what, that's what, uh, if one of these little darts hit, it covers the other bet, and, uh, and, and covers a, a a unit, should I need one, right? Which, you know, realistically, you know, with with the shots I'm taking, uh, I may need to make up one. We'll see. It's just the odds. Um... Yeah, alright, next fight We had uh, Christoph Jotko Minus 152 Misha Surkinov Plus 128 I was seeing if Misha was working with my guy Eric And I'm sure, you know, he still has connections down here Extreme, but it uh, looks like he's been in Colorado um, Doing a, you know, a lot of outdoor work um, He, uh oh, Man, looks really Sucked in, I don't like this drop to middleweight Part of me is just Misha's chin I couldn't trust now that he's dropping the middleweight when I don't think he should be, you know, unless he's going to pull off a Jose Aldo or an Edson Barbosa, which I don't think he has that athleticism or longevity. Um, then, yeah, I think he's setting him up for not just a potential loss, but we could see the rare Yachtko finish, not since what, um, Tamden or so, uh, I want to say. But um, I could actually see it, like a head kick finish here. Uh, Misha just dipping in Southpaw versus... Uh, this is going to be Southpaw versus Southpaw, I believe. And, um oh, shit, I'm supposed to get their Southpaw versus Southpaw record. I'll, I'll look it up here as I talk. But basically, the line's not out yet, at least in the houses that I play. But uh, if anything here, I'm just going to look to sprinkle Kristoff uh, by KO. Just small. And that's later in the card, too, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. There's a couple of plays to go before then, so we'll really see if I want to sprinkle it. Uh, but uh, I did calculate their Southpaw records, although there's really not much to go off of. Um, yeah, uh, it didn't look like really Misha, we, we've seen him against really any. So that's that's a problem, whereas Jotko, um has at least fought them. He beat Anders. Uh, I thought Amidowski was a Southpaw. He wasn't. Um, and then uh, he beat Askam who was a Southpaw. And uh, I think even the outside UFC, didn't he beat someone who was a Southpaw? Oh, yeah, uh, Boyan Valichkovich. I believe. He yep, yep, another UFC Southpaw there. So so he is, Yutko's is 3-0 against Southpaws. Plus, treating an American top team, I'm sure he sees a whole bunch there too. So, um Yeah, uh, he's a hard guy to control, take down, hold down. So uh, I think he's going to dance around, even in the small cage, and and, and probably knock Misha out, which sucks. I like Misha, but that's just how I see this fight going. All right, next fight. Aspen Lad 240. Irish Spring, what was that soap commercial from the 90s? Uh, Macy Kesson, plus 198. I broke this fight down a whole bunch of times. I don't even remember how to break it down anymore, so I apologize. All respect to Macy Kaysan. Safe side of 47 May, who I greatly respect. Uh, she's good in the clench, but I just feel like uh, Lad's better slash uh, more likely to end up on top from takedown attempts from the clench and the more dangerous grappler slash dangerous grappler from top side. And it's the small cage. I know she's coming off a layoff, but she seems pissed now. Girl, seems like he's got a lot of anger from a lot of places. Uh, you know, and I, I wouldn't want to be on the other side of it. So, uh, and I know, you know, uh, Chaison's no picnic, but uh, I'll take a lad. Um, she actually is a, a leg in a fun parlay. A fun 3 piece. I know, three-piece. Ooh, getting crazy, Dan. It's f- it's for funsies. Um, all right. Alex Fernandez, minus 550. Uh, Mike Breeden, plus 410. Don't know a lot about Breeden. Didn't watch him. It's a glory MMA fitness. I think he lists a blue or purple belt in jiu or something like that. Um... Whereas, uh, Hernandez looks to be the better grappler, wrestler, as well as on paper, actually his wrestling experience a little bit, and uh, brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, training at Factory X, so he's going to have uh, fellow teammates on this card who he trained with, uh, be in good shape. Um, you know, it was an opponent change, but uh, I suspect Hernandez will roll. I didn't watch much on Breeden, so I can't give you a method if you want to add them into like a big chalky parlay like you know at, tack them on as a four or five piece under the three piece that i'm going to give you for fun that's your kind of game i don't usually play it don't recommend it but again if it's for fun i'm not going to stop you i do things for fun too uh, but other than that i don't got much of an opinion next one i do uh joe Selecki minus 136 jared gordon plus 116 another line where i spotted early and sure enough I'm glad I do the discipline and the work, but also it's like, did I need to do the work? I just came up with the same opinion I already thought I had. Uh, didn't cost me a dog price or really much of a line this time. I was still able to get him at what's, you know, higher than I just said. I got him at plus 120. I just you think he's the better fighter, the more experienced fighter? Uh, that's undeniable. Um, I also think he's the better wrestler uh you know he, he comes from i believe he wrestled a bit in high school uh, he's a brown belt in brazil jiu-jitsu under danaher not a black belt who grappled since he was four years old like seleki but i think good enough to survive being that he hasn't been uh submitted uh at all in his career um and has submitted and, and or beat uh black belts himself i know he got beat by cda that's Carlos diego fade i mean he's had some tough draws J- charles Oliveira, the champ come on now by the way, the CDA fight, he was going in with multiple things. His finger barely, like, almost, like, fell off, you know, a couple of weeks before. Like, he was fucked up in that fight. And, of course, you know, that's the same hand CDF uh, pins when he forces the TKO stoppage from the ref. Um, so there's just a bunch of bad shit going on into that fight. And a lot of Jared Gordon's fights, frankly. But uh, he had he, he's, he had some tough luck on that one. Back up at 55, which could be a problem, but maybe not so much against Selecki. Not the biggest 55er by dimension, and he doesn't seem to be the strong. He seems to obviously have a lot of crazy grappling strength and control when he's on top, um, but he doesn't have knockout power. Doesn't even seem to really have heavy hands. Not impressed by his striking at all. Gordon, the better striker, who is uh, even, in, like, Gordon from the regional scene was a better striker with his boxing, of course. Um, he's done a lot of boxing, comes from a boxing family, I believe his Grandpa was even like a bare-knuckle fighter or, uh, or a boxer. Um, but relocated uh, from Rufus Sport uh, to uh, Sanford MMA, who's been killing it with their preparation for fighters, by the way. Um, so he's got tons of good jujitsu and wrestlers to go with. Um, so his wrestling that was already good, and he was already a difficult guy to control, usually doing the controlling, uh, is now I'm going to imagine only better. Whereas I want to look at the wrestling part. We know his jiu-jitsu is good. His transitions are good. And so like he's, but his wrestling, like against Hubbard, Hubbard always gives his back. He didn't have to go for a takedown. Like he went for like a, just a kind of a half-assed debasing trip just to get, because, uh, because all it takes is a little bit of a debasing. And Hubbard kind of turns to give his back and he kind of just shucked around to his back and climbed up. Um, Jim Miller, he ate and needed the face to get his first takedown and then controlled him for the rest of the round. And then the next one, he eats, like, a bunch of counters to the face because he keeps his head straight up, which is a really bad problem. He kind of slips at first. Like, he shows a good intention. But when he enters, his head is just straight up like an old-school Gracie. Um, He hit a bunch of counters. And then, um... Shit. I I forget, but it was, like, off of, like, uh... Yeah, like, getting hit or whatever, like... Oh, oh, no, yeah, and he hit, hit with a bunch of counters. I think he, like, reaches for a signal, cha- chains a couple times. Can't get anything, but then, like, gets to that position that he got to um, Hubbard on. Uh, except Jim Miller, instead of, you know, fighting it properly, fighting the hands, turning back into him, swimming back into him. Um, Jim Miller being Jim Miller, like, goes for, oh, I'm just going to forward roll kind of into a knee-, knee bar and end up on my back. Um, so that's how he got his second takedown and got control um I'm not even gonna count what he did did, did to Matt Wyman that's why I'm not going over I'm going over his, his last two fights and that's the thing is like he trains with good guys but a lot of them are like something like salty dog John Salter um some other guys but a lot of them are like grapplers and it seems like really grappling strong gym wrestlers even so you would hope with his game setup that 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 would be a little more impressive and who knows what she's going to go out here now and out wrestle Gordon and make me eat my words but he's not the better striker not the better wrestler I don't know if he can fight at pace uh because he hasn't really had to or had someone coming at him the way Gordon's going to which Gordon looks like he's pressuring even better fighting even more technical since signing up with uh Henry Hooft this will be his like second or third camp with them now So, yeah, I just felt like this line was off. I feel like it's, you know, I feel like they got the favorite. It shouldn't be wide or anything, but I I do feel like they got the favorite wrong. So, uh, I played Gordon. I put a unit on him at plus 120. That one is along with my parlay. And two or three of my dog plays are going to be in my um, odds checker article. Uh, for those of you fans of The Written. Thanks for sharing those. Thanks for, and thanks for, by the way, just, like, the, the love and stuff. Like, I know, I'm, like, crazy, and sometimes I feel like shutting off my DMs, but then a bunch of you guys, whether you, you trickle in from other podcasts and gave me a chance, or you're just still listening to me after all this time, which I, I really don't don't know how uh, you could, but thank you. Like, your guys' messages are fucking awesome, so... Thank you. Next fight, Casey O'Neal, minus two twenty. Antonia Shevchenko, minus one eighty-four. Um didn't look too much into this one. Picking Casey O'Neal, maybe a little bit of bias. She's training in the back. Yeah, out over there. Extreme couture. Uh this one always feels like all Shevchenko fights feel like a trap fight, whether she's the favorite or not, right? It just feels like she could either be spoiled or be spoiler. Um, but Casey O'Neill, like, um, Alex Fernandez, you could maybe add on for a five-piece for the three-piece I'm going to give you if you want. But other than that, nothing crazy, nothing hard to say. No crazy leans, just picking O'Neill. Next fight, Carol Hosa 490, Besh Gohea 380. Um, Carol Hosa got to be the most popular parlay piece. Called it back when she was like minus 280-something and on her way up. Sure enough, I didn't jump on it in time, but it's all good. I just am only putting her in a fun parlay, anyways. She is the second of three. Uh, basically, she's just better, higher ranked, more accolades, better grappler. Um, has some kickboxing experience. Can work at a pace. Trains with Andrade. That team. Um, yeah, I think she rolls by decision. Uh, next fight. Devontae Smith, minus 154. Jamie Malarkey, plus 130 for the Australian Ted Danson. Um, that's right, baby. Forehead love. Uh, I'm actually backing Ted. I mean, Jamie Malarkey here. Um, I know, crazy. Um, and, and, and and not exactly, you know, off first glance, look at a guy like Malarkey. It looks like the complete opposite of Smith, you know, uh, if we're just doing the old eye test there. But Malarkey, much more experienced um, and a deceptive sample size at that because you had to consider that malarkey he is going to be he's only going to have a 2 inch reach disadvantage he's at 74 inches to uh, Smith 76 but he's 3 inches taller and that's notable because he was fighting mo- most of his career particularly when he suffered his 2 knockout losses at featherweight when he probably shouldn't have been there You he's—he's know, he's, he's a really big kid and you really saw that in his performances and in his Durability um, is is better at lightweight. Now, could he get stopped by Devontae Smith' right hand? Certainly. We saw him get stopped by a Volkanovski right hand, but that was a Volkanovski right hand from hell, and that was Volkanovski. Now, the TKL loss after that was really weird because the guy shows up as a Bantamweight, and he looks like that. Um, it's the stupidest fight ever. Like, Malarkey is just washing this guy like you should. It's like this perfect comeback fight. You know, he's undefeated in title fights over there, a brace or whatever it's at. And it's just the weirdest fucking thing where, like, Malarkey almost, like, you know, again, he's cutting more weight than he should. And I think it affected his gas tank because he, like many of the dogs I have, bet one of their main factors is he will fight for your money. But he would tire much more. Uh, he'll still, like, you know, be relentless at lightweight t- t- to a point of detriment as far as, like, putting himself out of position. I reference that fight with Perez ZM uh, Z- um, at the top of the podcast he, you saw that he was trying to wrestle this guy so hard that he put himself in negative positions at the end of the rounds to lose rounds that he otherwise could have and had the right to win and a lot of people still scored that fight for him by the way i think like the mma decisions is like 15 to 2 um but re-watching it back i could totally see how how judges would or could score it for um uh for for us um sorry reaching for a thing here uh, but, yeah, uh, and, and and you look at that fight with the guy after Volkanovski, and he's just kind of tiring himself from kicking this guy's ass. And it's, like, the weirdest thing where he goes to take him down. Like he tries so hard to take him down, and his takedown technique is... Not that it's, like, super amazing now, but it's, it's really not good then. Like, you actually see how much he's improved when you go back and watch his older fights. And he just ends up in the most weirdest position where he ends up getting his arm pinned, and he's too tired and... The guy's too heavy on it for him to get it out. And he just lands these unanswered strikes in the, in, in, with bad body language that, like, forces the ref to stop it even though he gets up. And he's more tired than he is hurt. Um, but it's, like, the most stupidest stoppage I've ever seen. Almost as stupid and flukish as, like, comma worthy beating Devante Smith, you know. <laughs> so that's the thing about this fight that makes it sketchy on both sides. Now, I'm taking the dog side. I can justify it a little more. Uh, but even if you think you're getting the deal Devonte Smith, which I could see someone making that argument, um, at the end of the day you're gonna, you know, you're gonna trust you. You trust in what I think could be a suspect chin because Smith has been hurt before in fights, and I'm not even talking about with like going all the way back to the John Gunther fight, which I believe was more of an nutritional thing. You know, uh, Gunther surviving and then Gunther coming back, which again. Potential path for Malarkey here, but I'm actually not even picking that path. I'm actually picking the straight up KO path, kind of like how Kama got him, and not doing that math because Kama got him with a left hook because Kama's got a good left hook. But who got Kama with a left hook? And that's Malarkey. All of the beat impressive. No, it's not even just because of that math. Um, it, it's 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 it it's it's more because even in the more recent and measured uh, Devontae Smith with the, that long jab on Justin James. Um, we saw even Justin James get a beat on the jab and started countering the jab over the top with a right hand and wobbled uh, Smith. You forget that because he 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 otherwise got him out of there and dominated him, right? Um, but uh, but yeah, he was countering over the jab. And two of the things Malarkey does good from his earlier days to now much more polished is he counters over the jabs with right hands and he has plenty of ways to set up left hooks that I just see taxing Taxing Devontae Smith the same way, um, the same way that uh, Kama Worthy did. Now, despite most of his stoppages being by knockout and having a uh, being a, a, a all-in-all finisher, uh, Jamie Malarkey, I, I get that most of those are probably attritional stoppages. However, um, you know, as we saw with the Kama Worthy fight, like he he has the power to put guys out when he connects as well. And, again, if Smith's is, chin is is suspect, we'll see. I think this fight could tell us some, something. Um, and then perhaps that could be his weakness because Smith looks aces otherwise. Great personality. Uh, you know, uh, seems a real funny kid. Uh, just, you know, uh, yeah, he's got the athleticism and power, but he does show some real skill. Like, he kind of faints. Shows the right, comes up with the lead, left high kick, like, stuff that, like, you know, I really like to see. Um, I just don't know. I don't know. Uh, You know, I know he was able to out-wrestle Janes, but Janes took that fight on short notice, was obviously outsized. And as we've seen, when he gets tired, that's usually when he kind of wrestles, which sucks because he actually has a good grappling game if he's fresh. It just, unless it's, like, an opportunistic sub we saw with his sample size, which... You know, I love James, but, you know, sadly was mainly losing, right? We got to call it for what it is. Um, also not that effective because by the time he, he would go to his grappling is usually when he was tired. Especially in a fight that he took short notice and was already hurt at that point. So it's like he out-grappled them, but I don't know how much to make of that. In fact, does it turn into a criticism for Smith because he was technically grappling with a dude who was a better wrestler on paper and a better, you know, higher-ranked jujitsu jitsu um, as well, <clears throat> you know? Well, does he hurt? You know, does he hurt uh, Malarkey and then do that, and now he ends up in a grappling battle? You know, and, and now it's in a nutritional war where Malarkey kind of thrives in. Um, so, multiple ways to win the fight for plus money. I'm gonna go ahead and take Malarkey. Uh, it's also a multiple camp with Brad Riddell and Volkanovsky. I believe that Juju has really done a lot for his confidence. That's also why we've seen his skills get a lot better. And with the sacrifices those guys have had to make, he's already been up here, so he's not going to be jet-lagged. And if anything, he's going to be extra motivated, as all those guys are coming from that part of the world with their lockdowns, right? So uh, I took Malarkey for plus 130. If, if he and Gordon hit, I'm definitely playing Dockhouse. House. Um, but uh, we'll see because we could also, the next fight we'll close out our parlay Douglas Silva de Andrade minus two twenty-five. Gaetano Gaetano Perello, uh, what would Brian Boitano do plus 188. Um Gianno Perello actually has like more impressive Muay Thai stuff on a paper, but you know, it's like Belgium regional stuff, so w- what is it really whereas uh, Andrade's mainly t- his main titles are uh, you know, uh, regional MMA titles guys a brazilian vet he's been doing it for a minute much more proven product he's kind of gotten a crazy resume when you look at who he's had to fight but he's been competitive game he's beat some really good fighters um pretty convincingly uh, so you know like marlon vera i know it wasn't like the best version of marlon vera but you know marlon vera was on his come up then um and uh and and yeah i just i like his combinations his counters uh, his power, um, and I just think, you know, even though Douglas Silva de Andrade had a murderer's row, you know, getting Ricky Simone and then Douglas Silva de Andrade ain't exactly special treatment either uh, for Gaetano. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Douglas de Silva here. Uh, Parley him, Rosa, and Lad for plus 122, one unit. Um, if you want to add Hernandez and O'Neill, 279. You can get real crazy at uh, Perez Yucko 803. But uh, I guess I'm kind of giving away one of my picks there. Uh, next fight, the only one I wrote on my avoid list, because it's, it's it's tight and it's, I didn't do any study on it. Um, Stephanie Edger opened as a dog, but now favor minus 120, whereas Shannon Young currently resides plus 102. Um, Shana Young showed some impressive kicks, but it's like, was that impressive kicks or was it because, you know, on, I believe, was just kind of content and just eating the same setups, frankly. Um, you know, it like she comes from like a karate gym, like a Stephen Thompson-style thing in the South, whereas Edger has been doing judo since she was a young girl, black belt, competed ADC, national level, um, probably the more physical fighter, so I actually went with Edger here uh, when she was still an underdog earlier in the week. Um, didn't play her. Uh didn't look into a two-player, and now definitely not worth it as the line has kind of moved in her favor. So, it just went to my avoid list, but the pick is edger there. I don't have much analysis to offer you. And lastly, but not leastly, I kind of gave away my pick there um, with that fun little tidbit, but Alejandro Perez, minus 255, Johnny Eduardo, plus 210. The former ice cream man, shouts to Brendan Fitzgerald. I uh, would love to back Johnny Eduardo here, but uh, Alejandro Perez uh, is the pick. Uh, even though, uh, you know, uh, not, uh, more, definitely more of a fan than a while than Perez who hanging <laughs> around, hanging, hanging around and you know, always, uh, shouts to, uh, uh, Shaq and the guys over at half the battle, always weaseling decisions, right? Um, but, so yeah, um, but anyways, I'm, I'm going to go with, with Perez here. All right. How do we do on time? There's a, a lot of fights, 52. All right. We did under an hour. Yay on me. All right. Um, All I'll tell you, is I'm taking Lima over Page. Not sure if I'm going to play him. If I do, it's going to be small. Good luck. If you do, don't necessarily have to follow me. Again, I don't even know. I got to still do the math to see if I'm overexposed, like a creep on a Sunday in a trench coat. Uh, But the UFC, I'm taking Santos over Walker. Taking... Dukakis, Dacus over Holland. Smack man, gonna get smacked by the smack man. Taking Price over Cowboy Oliveira. Taking Yutko over Serkinov. Taking Ladd over Kisson. Taking Hernandez over Breeden. Taking Gordon over Selecki. Taking O'Neal, April O'Neill over Shevchenko. Taking... Hosa over Cojeda. Taking Malarkey over Smith. Taking De Silva DeAndrage over. What would Brian Boytano Guitano Pirello do? Taking Edger over Young. Taking Perez over Eduardo. Uh, at Hosa, uh, Douglas Silva DeAndrage, and Ladd for plus 122. Um, Malarkey uh, played him plus 130 for a unit. Gordon played him plus 120 for a unit is at plus 130 looks like he'll stay there or go north i'm gonna to wait to see how the earlier plays do since he will stay at a dog and is all the way up at the co event so it allows some pivoting time but i am targeting him to play he is my official pick um depending how i do as well on on, on that in the night uh if i do end up playing santos it won't be without a hedge for the under or i might just let the under fly if i'm free rolling it minus uh if it's uh anywhere under minus 110. uh did open at dog odds but you can't find it at that you find it at minus 105 at one of my houses haven't played it yet again gonna wait on that one props i did sprinkle on though is price rounds two for 0.33 units at plus 525 and in the neighborhood of 800 round three for 0.17 uh if one of those cash it'll cover the other plus a unit back uh and go by ko not out yet at the houses that i'm playing but i will be looking to sprinkle on that avoid young edger um yeah youtube paypal uh eh, which is over if you want to donate to the show mixmartialanalyst.com where you can get the amazon click throughs to ease your conscience uh for using that damn site you can click go to mixmartialanalyst.com click to the banner on the right. To all your purchases. Um, it won't give me any of your personal information, but a small percentage of your personal no extra cost to you. Purchase at no extra cost to you will get kicked back to this year's show. It's appreciated. Or secure PayPal link above that if you just want to do a, a direct donation. Shows on YouTube, Daniel Tom MMA, Apple Podcasts, Protecting Egg Podcast. Thanks for the five star ratings and reviews at the PYM Podcast on all social feeds. If you want to like or follow, I promise I don't pollute your feeds, but it does help. Um, this podcast goes somewhere, I guess. Uh, and uh, at Dan Tom MMA, if you want to get at me. Um, sorry, I'm tired and weird and uh, exhausted. But I tried to get it out for you. Did the work. We got, uh, you know, I, I like this machine gun spray. It's a, it's a thoughtful spray. It's like tapping the AK and Counter-Strike. We're going to see how it plays out. Good luck on your picks and plays. And always protect your neck.